Today's podcast is brought to you by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale, featuring some of the best sweet tea in the Midwest, soups, salads, spuds, and much more. That's McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. Hey, thanks for being with us. I'm Connor Onion. One of the great people I get to work with is Saluki Softball Sports Information Director, Will Beck. And this week, Will came across some video from SIU's NCAA Tournament Selection Show Watch Party from 2003. It's a great scene. I think it's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, all the social media channels for Saluki Softball. Uh, an old shot of Coach Blaylock. Uh, some shots of the players anxiously looking on, hoping that they do get the at-large call, and ultimately they do. So highly recommend checking that out. But anyway, that team went on to the Sweet 16 and was one game away from the College World Series. And that got me thinking this week, we better talk to somebody from that team. So why not the ace of that pitching staff, who also went on to be a first ballot Saluki Hall of Famer in 2011. That's Amy Hari, who's now Amy Cross, but Amy graduated with school records in wins, innings, and complete games in the circle. And she also threw three no-hitters and is near the top of the record books in lots of other categories as well. Amy won seven NCAA tournament games and was the number one pick in the professional draft in 2005. So that's one of the longer intros that we'll have of any guest on this podcast. But anyway, great conversation with Amy coming up. Hope you enjoy. Having three kids, eight, six, and four, and, and three boys, being that young, your kids being that young, do they have any idea how cool mom was when she was a college softball player? Well, that's that's awfully nice of you to say, and I would say at this point, no, they do not. I mean, it's hard to, uh, you know, have them understand that. You know, they're obviously really into basketball and football, and then they love baseball too, but, you know, I'll try to reference that, you know, on a – somewhat similar scale to be like, well, we went to the Sweet 16 like your basketball team would do, but I, I obviously realize, you know, they're different sports and different, you know, uh, notoriety there, but it is nice to try to have them understand. But um, I live in Illinois State country, so we sure like to, uh, you know, go to the Illinois State games and such. So that's sometimes a hard pill to swallow. So, <laughs> so they started asking questions about uh, your career and when you played. You know, last year I was fortunate to come down and throw out the first pitch at, at uh, one of the Canadian Wild games, and that was the first time that I think they've ever really been around a situation that, you know, people might be asking for autographs or at least, you know, knowing that I played softball. So that was that was pretty cool. And and every once in a while I'll tell the, you know, try to tell a couple stories of where we travel to and where we got the opportunity to play and, and let them, you know, try to understand that. But hopefully someday they'll, you know, maybe they'll make their own career and they'll get they'll get old mom stories. <laughs> <laughs> Once you start pitching to them, I bet they'll have a, a good idea firsthand. Exactly, exactly. I was I was throwing to them a little bit the other day, and uh, I had a friend say, "Do do they realize how many times that you know you actually struck somebody out?" You know, <laughs> I said, "No, I don't think so." And then they got a couple of hits off me and. Uh, my friend said, you know, do they even realize that not many people got hits off you either, you know? I said, no, they have no idea. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Uh, well, obviously you're you're still pretty invested in the game with your coaching and taking the kids out to, to see some college softball and being down at the pro yeah. game last year. 
Yeah. When when you watch a college game now, how do you feel college softball has changed since you played in 2005? Yeah, I mean, I obviously I miss it. That's always my first competitive mode is that I miss it. But, um, you know, I sure see it. I mean, it's, it's just so fast. I mean, all the pitchers seem to be so fast. The bats are so hot. I mean, even the ball, you know, the technology of, of all that's changed. Um you know, but I still feel like I, I mean I still like a barn burner two one game or or a four to three you know softball game. I know there's a lot more runs scored now. It seems that way, um, but um, you know it's still it's still a fast game, and that's what I always loved about it. Do you feel like you could have put up some similar numbers in today's game as you did in the early 2000s? You know, I mean I'd like to think so, but. Um, you know, I think things so much obviously has changed. I think technology is just one of the biggest things. Like I said, the bat technology, the even you know the softballs had changed. Um, but and then on the hindsight of that, I think your training programs have changed too. You know, um, we were very fortunate to have great you know training uh, programs at that time. Um, you know, with with Coach Kill and even. Um, uh, Mead uh, Smith was down there at that time, being a graduate assistant and. I mean, you know, they put together great programs, but I think, it, you know, all that has even evolved even more to make you, you know, better and stronger and, you know, more athletic. So um, I'd like to hope I could have competed at the, at this point, too. Yeah, one of the, the benchmarks that, that I looked to that was certainly unique then uh, and, you know, is, is still a, a high mark now, especially at the mid-major level, is the fact that you were, you know, you were throwing 70 miles per hour out there from 43 feet. When did you realize that maybe you were a little bit different from some of the other velocities of mid-major pitchers at your level? Yeah, um, I mean, I remember, uh, I remember one of the first times Terry came and recruited me, and at that time, I mean, I had no idea even, you know, how hard I was throwing. I knew I was maybe in the 60s, and, and it was over at a tournament in St. Louis, and you know, she had said I'd hit 66 at that time. I was in high school. I, I had no idea. Sometimes I feel like I was a little oblivious to what speed was and, and maybe where I was in comparison to people um, at that time. And, you know, I just didn't get out on a radar gun very often, you know. So I do distinctly remember that. And then I remember we went up uh, to the state tournament when I was in high school my senior year, and there were some college coaches up there at that time, too. And I hit 68 during one of our games or something. And I mean, everybody's like, Oh my goodness, you know, she hit 68 at that time. And I was a senior in high school. I mean, I just, I think I was literally oblivious to it. And now that I'm so involved in coaching them, I'm like, that was a rarity at that time. You know, I just, I didn't understand it probably until now that I'm coaching. I feel like I have a better view on it. You know, what that speed meant at that time. Sure. You mentioned the, the tail end of, your high school career and getting recruited at that point southern illinois was not really an established mid-major powerhouse yet that happened once you got there and you guys went to five straight ncaa tournaments but why did you buy in even though some bigger schools were recruiting you well you know um again i feel like i was super oblivious to it all i mean when we were going through some of that recruiting process i remember my dad you know, and my mom mentioned, you know, it'd be really great if you could get a junior college scholarship, you know, and help pay for some of your college. I'm like, oh, that'd be really great, you know. And then, 
you know, I started playing in more tournaments in St. Louis and getting exposed a little bit and more and more colleges, you know, were coming uh, to my door, fortunately. You know, I know Northwestern and Kentucky and, you know, SLU and, and SEMO and all them. And, and then there was SIU and it was just an opportunity I knew. I felt like at that point, I mean, I, I enjoyed Cary and I thought it was a place I could possibly go and play. And that was a big deal when I was making my decision to go and be able to play immediately my freshman year. I, at least that's what she told me. I really had no idea, but that's what she told me that I would be able to come in and make an impact right away. And so that was, and it was really close to my family. And I knew that um, I could have family and friends come and watch me. And I thought that was a really appealing at that time too. So that's where we ended up at SIU. In games that you have pitched, you know, being an hour from home, how many people would be in the stands to watch you? I was super fortunate. I had um, several great aunts and uncles that lived close. So I would say from the great aunts and uncles, I would probably have, a, and cousins, I would have at least probably 10, just just family there. And then, of course, my parents would, would be at every game possible. So that was important to me. Every individual athlete has their own dreams and wishes. And I try to, you know, reiterate that to the girls that I'm coaching now, you know, go and dream big and, and do what it's feels right for you but that just felt right for me at that time now you get to SIU your freshman year you guys are a pretty good team you're not a a great team you're not a postseason team you win 31 games your freshman year Uh, but what growing pains were there for you that year that you think set the table for some of your success later you know I think what was important was you know Carrie just kept I always tell her you just kept throwing me in the fire you're like oh we're playing Illinois State you're up like you're going to pitch like we're playing Creighton here we go like just keep going you know she just um it was I would say it was somewhat of a rebuilding year they'd had a really strong senior class the year before that and um you know it was just fortunate it was a time that she just trusted in me to just you know keep going there was a great senior junior and senior class there at that time that kept supporting me and saying hey you got this all my teams were my favorite but that freshman year like you said those growing pains of you get beat you know, by Illinois State, and the next game, Carrie would be like, oh, you got the ball again, here we go. I'm like, okay, here we go, let's throw again, you know. So, um, you know, part of it was just trust and just and learning the system, really, more than anything. You know, the, the juniors and seniors trusted you right away. I, I can't imagine that's always the case with a, a freshman that comes in right away and plays a prominent role. Right, yeah. Um, uh, there was a senior catcher and Carrie Fortman, and she caught some of the greats that came through um SIU so you know she was she was great you know there was just some seniors on the on the infield that were really supportive there's two junior pitchers that uh you know were even helping me through and, and then the V-House twins and were sophomores and and I mean I enjoyed all four of my years you know but that first year well like you said through the growing pains it was really nice to have that support I gotta ask you about uh, one of the, the legendary stories I've heard is that your your walkout music was Wild Thing. Is that right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, there would be some reason behind that um, on the softball field, of course, meaning, you know, maybe I didn't always know where it was going. So maybe that's why I loved my senior catcher so much that year. Um, and, you know, even Addie B. House got behind there as she was a sophomore, too, catching me, too, a little bit. And, I mean, yeah, they they claim they didn't always know where the ball was going. So, 
<laughs> that's why it was wild thing. So effectively wild is how I like to to tell people that. So <laughs> imagine how the hitter felt. Exactly. See, effectively wild. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> when, when did that start? When did you start using that as as your song? Was that a college thing, or did that start in high school, or or when did that kind of become your thing? I, I'm sure I can't even remember distinctly. I remember being young and some, you know, some younger kids would make fun of me more that, you know, singing wild thing when I would be, you know, pitching all the time. But I'm sure the, I'm sure the girls there that year influenced me to, <laughs> to uh, play that as a walkout song. Like you said, intimidation factor, if anything, for the hitter maybe. So <laughs> does that ever come on at a game or when you're at a restaurant or something like that and, you kind of get in a zone, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is my song. I'm ready to pitch." Yeah, it kind of, yeah, it kind of pumps you up a little bit. It feels like you should be in the circle throwing throwing uh, softballs at people. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I always remember when that song comes on. Well, obviously, your your sophomore year, things really started to turn for for you and, and the program, and you guys really take off there. Uh, what yeah. was the turning point? What point do you look back and think, "All right, that was the moment where this thing really came together," and that's how you became a powerhouse. I remember being down at, you know, in Alabama, and we went down there and, and won a couple really big games down there in a tournament. And I remember Carrie saying, you know, that was a point that we we knew special things were going to happen with this group, you know. At that point, even, I think I was a little naive, not understanding, you know, what had been put together there at SIU and what kind of success we could have. Um, and then I even remember – we went up and played in Creighton, and there was snow on the on their turf field, and they pushed it off, and we went in there, and we I, I think we took two games from them, if I remember correctly, and we drove over to Nebraska, and they were ranked like seventh in the country at the time, and we drove over there. There was only um, four fans, one of the girls' grandparents, and my dad and another dad were there to watch us play, and we went in, and we beat Nebraska on their home turf, and I think at that point – we really started turning some heads like, okay, what, what is this team about here? You know? So, um, yeah, that was, that was a really cool game too that I definitely distinctly remember. So you mentioned being maybe a little bit naive, beating Alabama and beating Nebraska, some, some big brand schools. I mean, at at that point with you guys not really being a known commodity, were you able to just kind of go out there and throw because there weren't expectations that you would beat them? Absolutely. That was probably the best part of that year is that we could go in and, and sneak up on teams. Um, again, I know, you know, talking back and to Carrie and, you know, she knew that we had something special going on. She'd, you know, been coaching forever and ever, but it just felt like, you know, we were kind of naive. We could go in and jump on people and, and come in and, you know, win a big game and, and people, like I said, then we kind of started turning heads a little bit like, okay, they've, they've got some hitters, they got pitching, they got defense. All right. This might, this seems pretty good. I mean, despite beating Alabama, beating Nebraska, having a pretty good conference season, you guys still had to sweat it out on selection we day did. the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't win the tournament there, uh, the NBC tournament uh, to ensure that bid. So we were very fortunate by the selection committee that we did get in. What kind of anxiety was there for you waiting that uh, waiting that call out? Yeah, I you know I remember obviously we were sitting there at Copper and and watching on the big screen and you just kept waiting for your name hoping it would pop up and uh, you know another bracket would pop up and another bracket would pop up and 
it was special to see your name name come up there on the screen and know that we've got to continue on and, and play some more softball games. Do you remember who you turned to and hugged first once the name popped up? I was roommates with Maria D'Amico. She was, she was our center fielder all four years I was there, and her and I were roommates and, and uh, best friends through school there. It was really special. And like I said, the, just the whole group of us were just so close that year that made it really fun. Did you know that Southern Illinois University – awards students $10 million annually in scholarships, has test-optional admission, and in-state tuition for all U.S. residents. SIU offers hands-on, career-focused learning in every major, which are supported by internships and community service and the potential for study abroad and more. Southern Illinois has faculty who bring real-world experience to the classroom and the classroom into the real world. See what SIU can do for you at the next open house. Registration and info at siu.edu slash open house. Exploring options. That's a Saluki. Well, you guys go into the Tuscaloosa Regional after that. And probably the most notable game in that run to the Sweet 16 is your second round game against number 17 Stanford. You throw a three-hitter that game against, you know, some of the best hitters in college softball. Why do you think you're able to dominate some of the best hitters in the world? on that particular day. Carrie always said her motto was, you know, if we play the first team, if we go in and play a team we haven't played before and they underestimate us, we're going to go in and jump on it and win. And and at that point, I mean, we just felt, you know, very confident that we could go and, and play with people. And that was just, just super great to know that, you know, we had that edge that we could, you know, go in and, and compete with anybody. And, yeah, I remember later Coach Ripman, he was coaching uh, Stanford at that time, and, and he came and he said, I hope that we never face you again in your college career. And so, I mean, it was just fun. You know, we ended up facing him again later. But, I mean, that was just fun that, you know, we started earning that respect of coaches to say, hey, they, they don't want to mess with us, and that's super cool. Did you have a, a pretty clear understanding of what you were doing at the time, or, or were you yes. just kind of doing your thing? <laughs> we were doing our thing. Again, uh, being our first experience with that, I, I really think I was naive in all that, understanding, you know, uh, where we were there in the regionals and, and who we were beating. I mean, you understood. I mean, we weren't dumb, of course, you know, but it was just like, wow. And after it's all over, you're like, did we just do that? You, you think about the individual timeline for you personally, you were about two years removed from pitching against, you know, small town high school hitters. And then you're going up against one of the best teams in the country at the college level. Why do you think you were prepared for that moment? I mean, yeah, that's, that's a crazy analogy. And so true there, Connor, but I, uh, yeah, like I said, I think I, part of me was just like, well, I'll just go out and do what I've been doing for, you know, the last 10 years and see what happens. So it was just fortunate that it was good. <laughs> you guys win that game against Stanford, and then things get a little weird because the, the tornado warnings and you have some cancellations and you got to sit around for almost two days. Do you think that killed some of the momentum? momentum after a big win against Stanford? You know, it was it was definitely a, a crazy time. Um, you know, I remember that we got, all got shuttled over uh, to the arena there at Alabama, and we were in the locker rooms over there and waiting for tornadoes, and I just remember it being so hot and humid, and I mean, I had huge blisters on my fingers um, that we were trying to take care of because it just was so hot and humid after you know, the the tornadoes went through. Um, 
So, you know, I mean, that's just part of playing, I think, is, is obviously we've dealt with weather issues our whole life playing softball, and um, that was part of playing, you know. Um, you know, we went out there and gave it our all and did what we could and, and just unfortunately didn't quite quite make it at the, on the last game. So, Even yeah. though you guys lost the final game, was there a feeling of satisfaction on what you guys had done? I, I do think so. I'd like to think so that, you know, uh, we were all – happy with our results I mean nobody ever likes to lose if you're a competitor and and we were all competitors um I think that's what made it special yeah I definitely you know disappointment to lose to think how close we were to go to the college world series that year but obviously you know have to be happy in the success that we had you know putting SAU on the map for softball and knocking off a bunch of big teams that year was and and ending sweet 16 I mean that was awesome in your interview when you were inducted into the Hall of Fame with, with Mike Reese, you said something about how if you could have gotten anything more out of your college career, there was just one thing, and that would have been a national championship. And that was the closest you guys got in 2003. Did you believe that that was realistic and that was possible, that you guys could compete on that stage? You know, I think after 2003, you just – you felt like we were so close that anything was possible at that time. I do think, like I said, I always believed in what Carrie said, that she would take our team and go up against anybody in the country, you know, let us go play them one time and, and see what could happen. And, you know, we believed in that. And, and I do think, uh, yeah, I do think we could have win and, and tried our best to compete, you know. So we, we were building towards that. That would have been fun. Yeah, those those final two years, I mean, you guys – you guys beat everybody in your path. 45 wins your junior year and 47 wins, still a school record. Your senior year, uh, I, I was watching, I don't know if you've been watching the, the Last Dance, the Bolt documentary. Uh, yeah. Some of their players were interviewed when they went 72-10, and 10 and they were talking about how we looked down at the calendar and we thought we might not lose a game for like three months. And it made me think of some of those teams you were on. D- did you guys go into to games – just knowing you were going to win? You know, you can't go in thinking you're going to lose, right? So um, I think we felt like we were going to go in and and compete in every game and and hopefully, you know, take the W. So we definitely won a lot of games, and and I think that's contagious too. When you feel like you're rolling and things are going well, then then things go well. So um, we were definitely very, very fortunate my junior and senior year racking up all those wins too. So if, if you're an above 500 team, if you win, you know, more than 50% of your games are pretty good, but the, the, the staggering number is like seven, 75% of the games you guys won. That's yeah. That's incredible. It, it is. It is. It is incredible when you put it that way. Um, you know, you just, you got on a roll and, and things start clicking, and we were able just to to keep rolling and keep winning. I think, like what you said during that time, you know, we weren't just playing, you know, certain level of competition. We were playing some of the toughest competition. I remember when we got invited down to the NFCA Classic, and and Carrie called me in her office, and she's like, "We got invited. This is prestigious. We are going down there, and we are playing the top teams in the country." Like at this, you know, it was a, a pre kind of preseason tournament. She's like, "Are you ready for that?" I'm like. Well, let's go try it. Let's go see what happens. You know, we weren't just playing teams that, you know, we should be. We were going to play teams that maybe we shouldn't be. And then we were winning, and, and that was that was fun. That was super fun. In your college career, you set records. You threw no-hitters. 
you went to NCAA tournaments, you won a couple of championships. In, in your mind, when you look back, what was the best game you ever pitched? Oh, um, oh, um, well, that's that's a tricky question. Um, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even have one one particular game in mind. Um, oh, I mean, like I said, I, that run my sophomore year, I mean, you know, there were several big games in there. Um, I remember, you know, being out at Stanford. We, we got called out to their regionals. Um, and, you know, we had played Hofstra, and I remember that being a, you know, a big game at that time. And, yeah, there were some big games. I can't even pinpoint one. I don't know if that's sad or not, but there was just, there were some big games. I remember that. And, you know, anytime we could beat Illinois State or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bradley or anybody in the conference, Creighton, anytime we could beat any of those teams was always extra special too, so. <laughs> well, after your your college career ends, of course you you got a chance to play professionally, and uh, obviously very highly thought of being the number one pick in uh, the National Pro Fast Pitch League with the Chicago Bandits in '05. But first of all, what was I mean? What was your reaction when you got that call and you realized that out of all the players that were seniors that year, you were number one? Yeah, I, I again remember. Um you know, Carrie calling me into her office and, and letting me know that, you know, it, it sounds like you're going to be drafted. It looks like that's going to be happening. You know, here's the date of it. Are you interested in doing this? And at the time, I'd taken the PCAT and been accepted to pharmacy school over in Edwardsville, and that was that's the direction I was headed. And I thought, well, yeah, if I can still play softball a little bit longer, I sure would love to do that. And uh, so, you know, I was fortunate to go number one at the time. Um and go on up and play in Chicago, and and best decision I ever made was to go on and continue playing because, I mean, you just cannot play forever. And I know we all have to look at our situation different and understand that careers need to come also, but at that time that was the best thing I ever did was go on and continue playing a few extra years. You weren't the only Saluki on the Bandits. No, the the V-House twins, Addie and Haley, um, went with me. or, you know, were drafted in addition to go up there and play. And so that was really fun. I mean, at least I, you know, knew some people to go in and, um, you know, be able to hang out with and, and be around and already kind of have that camaraderie with. And, um, so, yeah, that was that was a great year, too. It was great to um, continue on to play there and, and make connections and play with some of the, the even better, like, top elite players in the in the country and the world. I mean, it was a – it was – a great experience. I'm so grateful that I did it. A couple of Olympians on that pitching staff. I'm, I'm sure you get asked about this a lot. What did you learn from pitching and playing with Jenny Finch? You know, she was she was so just you know down to earth, um, an amazing teammate, amazing person. Um, you know, I feel like I could still call her today and ask her for any kind of advice, and she would help me. Um, but you know, just trying to take pieces from everybody. You know, and it was so fortunate that every pitcher that came in there was top in the country right so just being able to go and asking you know for any kind of advice how to simply how to grip a ball differently or routines to warm up or you know what kind of mentality training do you do um and so that was just fun to be able to you know pick everybody's brain and take that information and um I was so old school I had like a almost like a journal and I mean I'd literally just go and write everything down that everybody would tell me because I just wanted to absorb it all and I didn't want to forget any of it. So 
Um, yeah, Finch is awesome. She's just an awesome person, an awesome ambassador for our sport. I mean, she's just an awesome person. Was there some awe for you, just just how fast it moved and how fast you rose? I, I definitely. I mean, you're you're from a town of three thousand people. You know, I had I think seventy five to eighty kids in my graduating class at Nashville High School. Um, so you go from that to you know SIU and and being in a you know a program there that obviously a big campus and and then going on to the next level of playing with teammates that you know have like I said Olympians you know they've won national championships and they've been on that stage and you know just being on the same field with them and being able to learn from them and play with them I mean that was just an honor in itself and that's why I say I don't regret ever going on to play and learning from those individuals in our sport and how they're, you know, how they had success. And, and then hopefully I can contribute that, you know, to now people that I coach, kids that I coach, or even my own kids someday. So um, I'll never regret going on and, and playing and the places I got to play, the experiences I got to go and visit. I, I just, I can't even imagine doing it differently. So that little yellow softball, it, it brought me all over the world, and I'm so grateful for that. Sometimes I think now I realize more, you know, what I was able to go do, go on and get a college scholarship, and like you said, play in the NCAA tournament, go on and play pro, and, and go and play around the world in Australia and Italy, and being able to ex- have all those experiences, and now I feel like I understand it way better than maybe when I was going through it. Yeah, you uh, you piqued my interest when you said Italy. What was the best uh, Italian dish you had when you were over there? Oh, oh well, you know, I, the best Italian dish might have been uh, gelato. <laughs> I love, you know, just going to eat the ice cream. But, oh, sure, the pizza was always phenomenal and, um, you know, always the pasta first, too, so... Um, I always joke about it. I was only there for – I lived there for uh, eight weeks. I, I'm pretty sure I gained 20 pounds just living there eight weeks, so <laughs> uh, because, of all the, because of all the delicious food. So, And it was so great. My family was able to travel with us when we'd go to those places. I mean, they came to Hawaii with us and Italy, and they came down to Australia, my parents, my brother, and, you know, it was just awesome to let them be a part of that too you know that they were able to come along for the ride too and enjoy all that with me so that's what was so fun i think that's a it's a good place to to land the plane on the conversation with gelato yeah that's fine let's yeah we need some of that in our life right now (laughs) that's right well amy thanks so much for doing this i know uh fans will uh will be happy to hear from you well thank you for reaching out and um you know i wish all the the athletes there at SIU, the best of luck as they continue to navigate through some of this corona, but I look forward to supporting them and coming down and cheering them on.